0: Jim Shoemaker and Frank Lacarica are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative of and Financial Services, Inc. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.
1: Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. Common concern... Is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, today I am privileged to have three guests in the studio, and we're going to talk about subjects that are absolutely important to you. Whether you realize it or not, we're all subject to be scammed And uh, we're going to dive in. We have some guests that are really going to help us understand it. We're going to talk about college students and learning how to manage money, all the way to elder abuse and financial abuse. And then we have Daniel Orwin here from the Better Business Bureau that's going to tell us what's actually happening in our city when it comes to the financial scams. And it's amazing that it does happen. And we're all susceptible to it. And even though we tell you, don't give out any information, hang up the phone, avoid it, guess what? It still happens. So grab a pen and stay with us. We want to make sure that you're given the opportunity to take some very good notes. Let me remind you that you can find our show own an Apple. You can go to the Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Shoemaker Financial. Subscribe to our podcast so it clicks on so you get it all the time. Reality is, why don't you go ahead and do a review for us? We would certainly appreciate it. So let me introduce these guys. I'm going to start from my left to right. You can imagine. See, now, see if I was doing color commentary for the football field. We're moving right to left, guys, so stay there. Now, I'm going to start with Frank Lacerico, Daniel Irwin, and Rob Clement. They're all in the studios. Guys, welcome to the program. Good morning, Jim. Hey, Jim. Good morning. All right, guys. Now, stay with me because here's what we, we want to make sure that we do. I'm going to, you know, absolutely – keep this kind of it's it's a it's a lot of information it and is. i want to start with you frank because i want to start with a college student we'll start young and go old go, there we go <laughs> that's not a bad old. it's what happens <laughs> right but here's the thought that i really want you to think about there is some concerns what do you see when you're talking to parents that have college students or we're talking to college students themselves because we do a lot of counseling guys we do a lot of guiding these students through this process what do you see as the top financial concerns today with college
2: students? Well, it, it, it's usually, it centers around budgets, creating budgets, savings accounts, how to build savings, the rainy day funds. Um, and then, you know, there's there's protecting our identity, which we're going to hop into, and, and, and credit, making sure you're maintaining, watching your credit for, for your future life.
1: And anyways. so reality is, they're susceptible. Oh, yeah. oh uh, yeah, Everybody is. Everybody. All everybody. stages. All, all, up, yeah. all of us are. Yeah. We're going to get into that. What about the things that you would tell any student that they have to be absolutely willing to say, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is important when it comes to managing money.
2: Yeah. The the two most important things uh, are self-discipline and good habits. And that permeates across all aspects of life, not just the budget. I mean, it, you, you self-discipline, good habits, but those are the the corner the, the, the cornerstones of creating good budgets, having good habits.
1: And do you think, I guess, guys, and I'll ask anybody else, you've had college students, Rob, <laughs> are they uh, self-disciplined and do they have good habits?
3: Well, I had two of them, and one of them was and one of them wasn't. <laughs> so it's uh, you get a good mix, but good thing is later in life, they both ended up being very self-disciplined and have some good habits.
4: Daniel? And I think it's important to note that people know that college-age students don't always have these good habits and they're targeted specifically for scams because of that.
1: Well that's a great point you know they go for that uh, weak link and I guess not having those habits. So I guess Frank when you say habits and and self-discipline the whole idea behind that give us some insight when you talk about that the the idea of if they're going to manage those two aspects of their life self-discipline and good habits how do they lean into that to creating a budget?
2: Yeah, well, with the with the budget, it's it's understanding your spending habits. Uh, for for most college students, there's fixed income, whether it's through you know working at the like I did, the local Applebee's in college, or whether you know the parents help you out, or whether you have grant money coming in, whether it's student loan money, you have a you have a fixed income. Your outflows tend to be not so fixed, so it's really putting pen and paper and figuring out you know how much money is coming in and how much money is coming out.
1: You oh, know, that sounds so simple. And, and by the way, guys, I mean, you know, if you talk to anybody, you'd say, okay, manage your budget. How much is coming in? How much is going out? Why is
2: that so difficult? It's difficult because, it, and you and I had kind of laughed about this earlier, the the cards didn't really exist. When when you guys were back in college, and wait not second, so much when I was second, there either, I I'll lump myself in the category. <laughs> you know, but
1: uh, boy, I tell you what, you know, I mean, I got, to, I control the were. microphone. <laughs> I was, was st- given a credit card my freshman year in college.
2: Now it wasn't stone. I mean, no, I'm kidding. It was <laughs> a plastic. It was, a, you know, it was a Mastercard. Give me, give me a break. But you know there was a, there was checkbooks, balancing checkbooks. It's you, you had a finite amount of money. You know now it, my daughter, it was a perfect example. Four years old. You know, hey daddy, just swipe the card. Well sweetheart, there's there's money on there, and <laughs> there's no money. The card doesn't work. And the reality is, it, it's easy just to go up and swipe a card, and whether it be a check card or a, a debit card or a credit card. You know the debit cards are going to run out of money. The credit cards, you know, could cause some problems later on down the road. But it's understanding the outflows, um, really being. Uh, accountable to them and finding someone to help you maintain that accountability. You know, having an accountability partner. You know, we Uh, talked about accountability
1: partner and Rob, you actually mentioned that earlier and, and when we were kind of thinking about what we would talk about today, the reality being a lot of times that is a parent that, that is, is one exactly that's kind it. of saying, I'm putting the money in the account. I'm going to be your accountability partner. Now, that's I don't see that as accountability. I see that as lordship, you know, or, or master, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is that was important for your kids when they were going to school, that they had that awareness that you were there.
3: They did, and they knew that when that statement came in, I was reviewing the statement. That's before you got them electronically. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, at this point, they used to come via mail.
2: In yeah, via paper. mail. In the paper form. Stone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give it a break. Boy, man, if you just tuned in, the guys that are beating each other ups, Daniel Irwin, Rob Clement, and Frank Lacarica, we're talking about, first and foremost, about college kids and how they manage money going to college while they're in graduate school or whatever, and just the habits of being good you know, with managing your finances. And that's difficult. The first thing we've talked about is literally self-discipline and good habits and doing a budget. Now we got into this accountability thing. One of the things that I talk a lot about when I talk about accountability, it doesn't always have to be a parent. Sometimes that's the worst one, can, because, you know, it's like, I don't want my dad to know what's going on and I don't want my mom. But
2: so, Finding somebody you trust. Yeah, it's just just about trust. And and the reality is it's something that you can experience together because this is, you're going to have to figure this out. Um, Whether it's, you know, your freshman year of college or the first year you're employed, creating and maintaining budgets, understanding inflows and outflows, it it controls virtually every aspect of your, your financial life.
4: So I think, too, it may be important to, to recognize that kids in general are marketed to more than ever, especially with social media. And so there's more ways they can spend money. They see stuff marketed to them all the time. They're on social media all day long and all they see all day are just these pop up ads of things that they want. So I, I think they're marketed to more than they've ever been before.
1: Well, I think that's a great point. That That is right spot on, Daniel, because what I want to come back when we take this break, when I want to come back, I want to talk about the fact that they are being marketed to. How do we protect their identity? How do we help them understand? Parents, listen to me. You need to get a pencil and piece of paper and write this down. This is a target, and we're going to discuss this and why it's important to protect that credit card from being becoming a fraud type of situation and creating a lot of problems for a lot of people. And also, you won't believe this, but an employment type of fraud that is destroying college kids. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
0: This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.
1: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM, the Mighty 990. I want to remind you, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Hey, by the way, subscribe and Post a, a review. We would appreciate it. That's something that would be very beneficial for us. So, just it's Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just simply type on talk, type talk money with Jim Shoemaker. We'd appreciate it. My guest is Frank Lecarico, Daniel Irwin, and Bob Rob Bob Rob Clement. Sorry. Um, what can I say? You know, Rob Bob. Close. Just don't uh, call me late for dinner. <laughs> <that's right>. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, we're talking about managing money with college students, and, and and as we know, kids can get themselves into a lot of trouble, and a lot of trouble in a lot of ways with money, even with parents sometimes even watching over them.
2: Yeah, and it's not. It, there's nothing intentional. There's no bad bad intent there. It's just it it's it's easy to rack up credit card debt it's easy to let a number slip here or there and we were talking about this earlier it, you we are so is and it's it's not just the younger people but i think more more accustomed, more more with the younger they're comfortable with a social security number Good that, word. that's they get comfortable. How, how are you identified? What are the last four numbers of your social security number? Well, how do you log into this? Well, it's, it's the last four of your social plus the last four of your name. Enter your social security number. Enter your social security number. Enter your social security number. Every time you do that, you're giving someone an opportunity to become you. Big issue, and
1: I want to ask Daniel Irwin. Daniel, you're with the Better Business Bureau, and you see this with a lot of kids today, and we talk about this, whether it's credit card fraud, employment-related stuff, Literally, I mean, I mean, with what with what Frank is talking about, I understand the word comfortable.
4: What's your thoughts on it? Well, I think it's hard for kids or younger people in their twenties, college age, to understand that you know there are ramifications for their actions today that could haunt them for twenty years. Right? Bad money management or giving out your social security number now. Can cause you problems later in life, and you've completely forgotten about it, right? Like when you give your social security number out to somebody, you don't know what their intent is. That that social security number could be sold, and they can open up uh, accounts and in, in, in all sorts of things, identity theft. And it can take years and years to 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 fix that problem, but it could be years before you realize that your your identity's even be stolen.
2: Yeah, you're you're right, it, and you, it may be you've uh, you've had a breach of data or someone's got your social security number. You have been diligent for four weeks, six weeks, six months monitoring your credit and you go, okay, well I'm good now. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, you know, two years later you go, you get married, you go to buy a house and somebody says, well, Hey, we've got a loan here that was opened up 12 months ago. Well, I never did that. And And it's,
4: yeah. And scammers are smart, right? They know that you're watching your credit report. They know that you're, that you're, uh, you know, uh, Someone that, that is, is protecting their identity, right? Your identity. So they're going to wait. Sometimes they'll wait two or three years before they open stuff up, right? Once what, they've got your social, they've got it for, for forever.
2: And it's, it's sold to anybody they want to sell it to. So what we're saying is just be careful. Be careful. And there's, so here's some sobering numbers, Jim. Uh, in 2020, there were 1,100 data breaches affecting just over 300 million people.
1: That's dead silence. You know, that's scary when you think about that. That many breaches, that many people, and all of us know there is a professional group that's doing it. We were talking about that earlier in the break. There's people that are paid to do this sitting in their bedroom just to do that.
2: That's their job. They get benefits.
1: Benefits.
4: That's right. (laughs) And those are just just the data breaches we know about. That's right. Right. Think about all the other breaches that aren't reported. Mm. How do
1: you protect it? What do you do? What's the mindset from a th- thought, Frank, that you would tell people right now? Here's what you should think about if you're a college student.
2: Well, you know, it goes back to the two original points: self discipline. Um, I think that, that's that's important. Uh, you, you've got you've got to be cognizant that y- your infer- your personal ident- identify information. That's that that's the most imp- it's the most important thing to you in building your 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 financial self. Um, I I think you watch your wallet, you know, obviously if it's be careful where you put it, be careful where you put it. it. Um, you know, be careful with your credit card, your debit card. Those are, those are some easy ones. never tell anybody your pin number, um, shopping online, make sure you're secure sites and at home, keep financial records, you know, your personal information, your social key numbers, keep them under lock and key. Wow, uh, I think that's just
1: that's great advice and if you just tuned in Frank lacarico has been talking about some of the things some of the ideas everything from discipline knowing to be disciplined having good habits having an accountability a partner managing a budget but protect your I like what you said protect your wallet that is
4: so critical and I just want to add one thing to that um, be careful what you put out on social media especially for college kids you know what you put out you're putting out your information um Scammers and just everybody knows more about you now than they ever have, right? So that makes you a target because they know more information, and so it's easier for them to convince you that something's real because they have all this information that you've put on social media.
2: Wow, that's a great point. And I I I would say that that you're you're entitled once a year to you know a a free credit report from one of the agencies. I I, I would do that. Just that's a good practice. Just Just a good practice. Just get get in the habit of doing it once a year, just to make sure that what's there is actually you. Um, and not not someone pretending to be.
1: It's a good point. If you just tuned in, my guest, Daniel Orwin from the Better Business Bureau, Rob Clement, Shoemaker Financial, and Frank Lecarica, Shoemaker Financial. We've been talking about college students, but I want to lean in, Daniel. Daniel, this is an issue. Well, last time we talked, and again, you deal with this every day, there were scams about you know that are coming and just flying by. And
4: are we seeing... More scams? Less scams? What's going on? The pandemic was a big problem. Right. So we're seeing a whole lot more scams than we're used to. Uh, Just to kind of give you an idea, Uh, this time last year, uh, we had had 577 reports uh, to our scam tracker for a loss of a little over $133,000. Uh, as of today, we've had 801 reports to our scam tracker for a loss of just under $500,000. Um, so as you can see, uh, you know, scams are really still, uh, pretty prevalent, Um, I don't know that there are any more scams going on. I think people now are just catching on to them more. Uh, But with the pandemic, we're certainly seeing a rise in employment scams in general.
1: You know, and I think it's important for you, our listener, to know that scams are going on 24-7, and we're trying to help you be protected and understand what to do. There's one particular scam You know, Daniel, that you mentioned earlier that I, as we were talking about in preparation, this thing called the employment scam. I mean, employment, everybody's, you know, we got this going back to work. Let's get back to work. And now all of a sudden you tell me, of course, what, what I think, you know, this
4: people want to do this, so somebody's going to figure out a way to scam somebody. Right, so job scams have constantly been one of the big scams we see here in the Mid-South, and they're probably the nastiest of the scams, because not only are they taking your money, but they're also taking your identity. We have two main types of job scams that we see here in the Mid-South. One is a reshipping scam, and this reshipping scam uh, is is really hard to spot. It usually starts from an uh, uh, email from, from a job board or a job posting, like on Indeed, com or one of the popular job boards and it targets people that are looking for part-time income so college kids uh elderly people um and basically uh the scam is uh you 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 are reshipping packages you sign up they send you labels they send you high-end goods you take them you put them and reship them to to somewhere else um it is a complete scam you're you're sending high-end goods that have been bought and with stolen credit card numbers um, and it looks really really real they you 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 apply for a job you you get the job that you, you give all your information uh, you' you're given a, a login to a portal where you can see what items are coming and what are going out and you do it for about three weeks and then uh, when you're about to get paid they ghost you completely um, you you try to log in and your, your login doesn't work and you you can't get in touch with anybody uh, with the quote-unquote company that you were working for and you're you're just out completely um and so what it you is paid for
1: all the cost of sending things out is that what you're no, no 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 oh. you you
4: haven't paid for it okay. um but but they're sending you uh, merchandise right. and it's stolen it okay. comes from stolen credit cards okay. Okay. so you're like a mule oh, you're, okay. you're taking it and you're sending it out to foreign countries um we've had people that mm. have sent gold bars drones Uh, playstations. It's usually high end goods, but it's called a reshipping scam. And it's very devastating uh, because not only again, have you been shipping stolen merchandise, but you've been promised a wage. You've been usually it's twenty five hundred dollars a week. So what happens is people quit their jobs because they feel like they can make more money working from home doing this. So they do it for about three weeks. And then when it's time to get paid, they they don't have any money. Well, they've quit their job. They don't have any money coming in, so they can't pay their bills. And then on top of that, they're victims of identity theft, usually.
2: Wow, man. Seems It's one of those ones that it, it seems too good to be true. It, it, it
4: does. It does.
2: But I can see that, guys. I mean, I want to work at home. I,
4: I don't want to go back, and I want to do this, and so therefore I—, I well, and it can be really convincing because again, 80 percent of the time they come after you, they recruit you. They it comes from uh, the job boards. Mm. So when you're looking for a job, especially when you're a college kid, you know you've got your resume on all these these job boards, and so they look through the resumes and they send you what looks like an official looking email, and it's from an HR person, you know, and and so it looks real. You 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 log into a portal, uh, you know, so so it it it's extremely hard to tell what's real and what's fake. But this particular scam hits the mid south really hard, and it's just devastating.
1: And a scam is a scam. Well, if you just tuned in, we're going to find out some tips to avoid scams when we come back. That's Daniel Irwin, Director of Public Relations for the Better Business Bureau. Also, Rob Clements here. He's going to talk about financial elder abuse, and Frank LeCarica continues talking about the reality of financial planning. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
0: Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Daniel Irwin or the Better Business Bureau. The views and opinions expressed are those of Daniel Irwin only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial.
1: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to a podcast. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review we would appreciate it Daniel Orwin with a better business bureau is with us he is talking about employment scams and i mean it's, it's amazing that you can get somebody's hiring you you think you've gone to a website you've you've actually you want a job you think you can get a job think you can work at home and somebody begins to scam you and it takes 3 to 4 weeks and it's a big ticket here in Shelby County in the mid south Daniel, it is hard for me to imagine this, but
4: it does go on, and there's some tips that you want to give us to stop it. Right. So just be really wary of any work-from-home job offer. It's not that some of them don't exist, but with the pandemic and more businesses working from home, scammers have picked up on that, so it's harder to tell what's real and what's fake. So just make sure you research any job offer, right? Right. Make sure uh, that you go to the business's actual website. Don't just believe what someone's telling you over email. Go to the business's website. Search it. See if it's the kind of business that really is big enough to have people work from home. And yet
1: sometimes they will actually use names that are are common names for us here in the Mid-South. That they say, well, I'm with so-and-so. I'm not going to mention the names of these companies, but they're big companies. They've got big planes and things like that. And And
4: they also have very large HR departments that you can call directly to verify any information. Always verify. Call the Better Business Bureau. Call the company directly. And then examine the email address. If a company is big enough to have you work from home, they're not going to be emailing you from a Gmail address. (laughs) It's not going to be HR... Good point. company at (laughs) gmail.com. For instance, if the Better Business Bureau is offering you a job, it's going to come from BBB.org, right? It's going to be derwin at org. It's not going to be bbb at gmail.com, right? right. So that's a number one thing. Check the email address because again, no legitimate business that's big enough to have you work from home and wants to pay you a wage that seems too good to be true is going to be emailing you um, from a Gmail account. Or your
1: AOL. Account. Right.
4: And again, the wage, right? If they want to pay you a wage that is not the, the, the community standard, right? For instance, $45 an hour part-time work from home for a college kid is not what the going rate is in Memphis, right? Like, that's just, that's too good to be true. So just pay attention to that. If, if, the, if the wage just doesn't seem right and it's unskilled labor, there's probably something wrong there. Right.
1: You know, I think that's the key right there. It's just, you know, it's hard for us to say this, but you can't hardly trust everybody. It's like you have to back away
4: from trusting. Right. And we, we talked earlier about having someone that can help hold you accountable uh, when, when you're a college kid. Run yep. it by your parents. You know, run it by someone you trust. Run it by a professor. Run it run it by an older friend or, or someone that, you know, may know uh, better. Um, just just let someone else know because you can get blinders, right? Like you can be so focused on, man, this job wants to pay me 40 dollars an hour that you just don't see any of the red flags so run it by someone who can point them out to you that's a
1: great point a second set of eyes
4: that's a great point
1: other scams that are going on in the mid-south you talked about online shopping
4: right so um just be really careful as you're doing your shopping for uh, the christmas holiday season if you're going online and shopping from a vendor that you don't normally shop from just be really careful check it out first um, there, there are tons and tons of fake websites out there that uh, typically um, will, will offer products that you want. They know what the hot items are. So one of the main things that you can do is you can check and make sure that the site is secure. So when you're, you're on the site, make sure you check that URL. And then another thing is, is if it's a severely discounted item that's a hot item uh for it's a really popular item and and it's it's just the price is really low and it's it's too good to be true just stay away from it That's the second time you said it. it's too good to be true
1: it usually is It is I want to ask you one other question because I know in Memphis people are getting a lot today unsolicited spam text
4: messages Right just more than one I mean I get a lot we've talked about that what do you do? Well it's estimated that this year in twenty twenty one spam text messages are gonna surpass the robocalls. So you just have to be That's really impossible. it's <laughs> it's it is not impossible. That's how prevalent they are. You know, and, and so uh, it's projected that there's gonna be seventy billion robocalls in twenty twenty one. The projected spam text number is ninety-one billion. For this year That's, that's the projection
2: I, I, That's a lot of zeros yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of zeros I mean it's
4: become One of the most common ways And again It's hard to tell On a small screen You can't always see The entire text We were talking off the air About how You know A lot of times If you if you uh, click on a link You know it's It's going to you can't see the full picture when you're on your phone, right? So if you're on your computer and you're checking your email, or you're, you know, you you can see stuff, but on your phone and that little text, you can't see everything. So it may look legit, but you can't see enough to tell that it's really not so be careful be very careful
1: and you know it's amazing as you talk about this Daniel Irwin he's the director of Public Relations Better Business Bureau you can call Daniel if you like seven five nine one three zero zero and literally guys you know I I feel almost like we're responsible we're we're educating and you've done a great job Daniel of helping us see this it's just hard for me to understand why people are vulnerable and yet You made the comment, and I want you to close with this, the thought behind it. The people that are doing this are not working from the garage at midnight.
4: No, they're professionals. This is their job. They're professional thieves, and they're very good at what they do. Um, I mean, just like you go to work every day, I go to work every day, day they go to work too. And their job is to scam you. Uh, a lot of them have uh, advanced sales techniques and knowledge. Uh, a lot of them have psychology backgrounds. They know exactly what to do and what to say. And they've, they've thought about what your answers are when you're going to, you know, when you're, you've, they've got an answer for everything. When you bring something up, they've, they've got something to counter, right? So they're salesmen. They know how to sell you. Mm. Um, so it, it's very sophisticated.
1: Very sophisticated. Well, I appreciate you what you've said to us, and I kind of want to set that aside, and yet it's coming right back, because I want to talk with Rob Clement, because Rob, you have done research, and you've prepared a program for us to talk about elder... Financial abuse. Now that's going all the way from the college student that Frank, you know, walked us through, and the idea of budgeting, and the idea of being sensitive to fraud, and, and to your credit card. And I love still, I love what you said: protect your wallet. That was so critical. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel says it's coming at us like a flood, and he said 91 billion spam text. Boy, that's just hard to believe. That that's you know that is a flood. That is a, a tsunami hitting us right and left, big problems here in the Mid-South. But, you know, Rob, lean in with us now and talk about what you see, the whole idea behind elder abuse and the types of elder abuse. But I want to focus on financial abuse.
3: Absolutely. And the uh, uh, points that were made earlier were great points because they go right into where we are on financial abuse. Self-discipline and good habits. They should follow us our entire life. So financial abuse... A lot of times happens with either family members or caregivers so we have to be very aware because these are trusted people that we're working with. So we watch real closely those individuals. So there's a lot of things that we want to keep in mind. There's some warning signs, uh, just like Daniel was giving us uh, in regards to uh, the abuse that can happen. So we want to we want to go into those warning signs, too. All right. Well, I want to take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about those warning signs. Now, I think that's important. Now,
1: when you talk about mistreatment, you're talking about physical abuse, sexual abuse, psychological, emotional abuse, neglect, But we're focusing, I mean, all that can go on, but we're focusing on the financial abuse. And you said family members and caregivers, those trusted people that you're thinking that can't happen, but it does. I want to know the warning signs when we come back. You just tuned in. My guest today, Daniel Irwin, Director of Public Relations with the Better Business Bureau. Rob Clement, Shoemaker Financial, and Frank Lacarico, Certified Financial Planner with Shoemaker Financial. We're talking about abuse. Financial abuse, college students, elders, what's going on in the Mid South? You don't want to miss the rest of this program. We're going to focus on elder financial abuse. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. My guest, Daniel Irwin, with the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South, Rob Clement, Shoemaker Financial, and Frank Lacarica, also with Shoemaker Financial. We're talking about elder financial mistreatment or abuse, Rob. Bottom line is, we don't want to say this, but the person that deals with this in the financial abuse arena, normally the person that's the perpetrator is going to be a family member or a caregiver.
3: Yes, and they know they know that person they're caring for very well, and so they know their hot buttons. And some of the things that can happen as a warning sign is you can be isolated. Hey, hello, have you heard about the pandemic? Yes, we're isolated. And mm. So we really watch those seniors that are isolated out there because they're lonely and they're looking to get help. And what they do is they lower their guard. And when they lower their guard, they make themselves vulnerable right for that person. So,
1: one of the warning signs you're talking about is that sense of isolation. Exactly. I got you. Yes.
3: Yep. Secondly, you have people around you that are trusted people, again, family members and caregivers, but you have to watch always. You uh, Earlier in the program, you talked about college students and not watching their cash flow. Same happens with seniors. You've got to watch your cash flow. You've got to make sure who's giving you advice is a trusted person that they know that advice is good for you. So, you
1: actually talk about, too, the fact that all of a sudden there's a new person in that life. That's right. You know, a niece, a nephew, somebody that, you, that wasn't there six months ago or six years ago that just comes in and says, I'm going to help. And that they, they seem to be
3: all good. Uh, that is very frequently what happens. And, uh, and sometimes that can uh, that new person, as you said, it could be a niece or some relative, uh, sometimes they just get frustrated with this senior. And they, they justify in their own minds it's okay to go in and use some of that senior's money in a way that's not appropriate. So, yes, that's, that's another great way to look at it.
1: You know, I know in one particular case years ago where we saw where a son was actually going to be inheriting money. And the reality was, uh, I mean, he began to go and manipulate what was happening, protecting the money, if you know what I'm saying, quote unquote, for himself. I mean, he was very, very directed, and uh, it was... uh, It ultimately had to be dealt with, but that's an issue. Trusted trusted person, a son in this case. Yeah,
3: and another thing that happens is that you watch for changes in your legal documents and financial documents, things like estate plans and uh, wills and also life insurance policies, all these things that you think, oh, that's not a problem, we're okay. No, you've got to watch those. Watch your retirement accounts. So those are, those are some critical areas that we have to watch.
1: All right. When we're watching all of this and you're talking to someone and you hope they're not suffering from any form of dementia or Alzheimer's or something, they're still functioning, they're still living at home, what, what should a person do if you suspect, and I'm asking all of you guys, and Daniel, both of you, you know, everybody,
3: what should a person do if you suspect elder abuse? Well, the first thing you do is you've got to, you've got to make sure you know who to call and who's that trusted person. And you have to come. Uh, if you think it's bad enough that you think this is a need for, to get the, uh, the public uh, advice group in, then we've got a list of folks that are, are excellent at doing just that. So uh, I'll be glad to give at some point that information out on who do you want to call. I'll I'll get you
1: to do that later. So everybody listening, you get a pen. We're going to give you an opportunity to write some of these numbers down that you could get, and we'll post it on our Facebook page. But the bottom line is I want you to know that – you can you can get to this and you can solve the problem, Daniel. What do you tell people
4: from the Better Business Bureau? Well, you know, one of the things that happens a lot with with these situations and with scams when it comes to seniors is the shame factor. Right, a lot of times it goes unreported, or the person even knows that it's happening, but they don't want to turn in a loved one, right? Because that is a trusted person, it's someone they care about, and they're having a hard time internalizing that this person's stealing from them, but they don't want them to get in trouble. And the other thing is shame. People don't report things like this because they're afraid, you know, they're shamed. They think that it makes them look stupid or, you know, people will judge them. And And so they don't report it and it continues to happen.
3: Yeah. And that's very true, Daniel, because that isolation that we mentioned earlier, they're concerned that this is just going to isolate them more. They're going to be excommunicated from the family or that group of friends. So it's a very, very important aspect.
4: And you were talking about the 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 new family member that comes in, the the uncle or the the niece or the nephew, and one of the ways that they get into that trusted circle is with all the isolation, they just take the time to talk to that person, right? Absolutely. A lot of times seniors who have been isolated just want to talk to a live person. So when someone new comes in and will take the time and ask them how their day is, and oh, I'll go to the grocery store for you, so you don't have to get out. Oh, and I care about you, right? And they've been isolated for so long, that person's going to move to the top of the trust list, right? And they're going to think that they can trust that person with money.
3: And so all of a yeah. sudden, they give them the credit card
1: to go to the grocery store. Right. Yeah. Mm, that's it, the problem.
3: Yeah. And they never mention it to their family members that have been really watching the budget and really assisting them. And then you all of a sudden do see those unusual expenses come through or changes in banks, ac- bank accounts and other uh, personal dollars. All documents.
1: right. Let's identify what are some real kinds of elder financial exploitation, things, Rob, that you want everybody to know that they need to be sensitive to, sure. things that they need to be looking for. What would you start with?
3: Yeah, well, the Daniel's already been speaking about identity theft. That's, that's a critical area. You want to watch your use of debit cards. And we were talking offline about that, to watch debit cards because they're the easiest to be able to infiltrate and get your personal information. Thirdly, Everybody likes to be a winner, so you buy lottery scams, and that gets a a real, real bad impact for people that get addicted to that type of thing. And then it's the phone call of the friendly person that's the telemarketer, and they're getting stuff from you that you didn't even realize you were giving them. That's the professional guy that
1: Daniel's talking about.
3: Yep. And then the legal thing that happens is there's a power of attorney and this person is able to take over their their role as the power of attorney for this particular client. So you want to be careful.
1: Do you guys think that it's that this is something that the person that it's happening to, as you said, Daniel. Whether it's shame, it's the fact that they don't want to, you know, they don't want to get the trusted family member, the, the loved one, in trouble. How does someone overcome that to protect himself?
4: Any suggestions? I mean, that can be really tricky. Um, I, I and, and again, if you don't tell someone, it's not going to stop. So I, I think it's it's probably important for you to be checking on your loved ones and to be the one that's that's looking through the bank statements, right? And in and. and bringing it up and asking questions and letting them know that it's okay. I mean, I think, I think we all have to take care of each other.
2: That's one of the Jim, it's one of the, the key roles that we as advisors play in the relationship with our client is, you know, being cognizant that elders are susceptible to these types of things and being advocates for them and saying, hey, we don't think this is right. We're looking out for you.
1: That's a great point. Whether it's the certified financial planner, the, pl- the planner that's working with the client, it's the attorney, the CPA, These have that people around you trusted, been there a long time, that can pay attention to what you're saying.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, that, it's, it, it, like I said, it, I think it's one of the most important roles that, Rob, that we as advisors play. Yeah, and
3: what happens there as an advisor is sometimes you're saying, well, Miss Such-and-Such, or Mr. Such-and-Such, why don't you go ahead and bring that individual into the meeting with us so we can talk about some of the things that you've been sharing and talking about that's going on in your, in this case, financial area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we also want to watch out for that person's overall health to see if, if they're now suffering from malnutrition, you know, they're just not their regular self again. And then maybe it's an advanced disease, like you mentioned, about dementia or Alzheimer's is beginning to show up. So when you begin to see those things as we sit either face-to-face or Zoom and working through that with those those individuals. You
1: know, one of the things in my practice is I've really worked hard to do, as you back to that, Frank, as you're, you're spending time with the person, you've got that other person. The, I'm watching the, how my client, the the older person, has are they dressed as they've always been dressed? Are they are they, are they, communicating with me the way they've always, are they guarded? Uh, is, what's wrong with that? You know, so it's a lot of those little questions, and we're required to do that, to be sensitive to that. So having that people around you, great point, Frank, having those people around you before you get into this situation is a way to avoid, you know, these type of problems. So whether we were talking about texting scams, financial scam, whatever it is, what do you say to people? I know, number one, if somebody's got you on the phone and asking you for your Social Security number, hang up. Yeah. That's the number one. That was easy. I got yeah. that one. So what are some other things that you want to leave with
4: it? Start with you, Daniel. Well, I, again, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? And if you're still interested, even though it sounds too good to be true, run it by somebody. Run it by a friend. Run it by someone you trust, right? Because... You don't always see the red flags, but someone you trust might. That's a good point. Rob? Well,
3: I got to be. Don't give any personal information out over the phone. Just don't Just do don't that. Just do don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Just stop it. Don't click on links. Exactly. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Watch well, that online shopping. Watch that.
2: Exactly. That's a big deal, too. Frank, what do you tell everybody? You know, it it was a sobering number, 70 billion robocalls, 91 billion spam techs. You have to screw up one time.
1: That's a a sobering point, isn't it? Once. That's a sobering point. Guys, I, I hate to say this. That is what we have to all think about. I hope we've helped everybody understand the idea behind scams, behind managing money, behind the whole idea of what the Better Business Bureau is looking at it. Thank you guys so much for being a part of today's program. You've done a great job. Thanks again,
3: Jim. Jim. Thanks for having Great us. to be here. Appreciate it.
1: You know, we appreciate you being here, too. We just want to tell you, I want to thank these guys. Daniel Irwin, 901-759-1300. Rob Clement and Frank Lecarica, if you have questions for them, 901-757-5757. You can find our show, Talk Money, on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Wherever you listen to podcasts, search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and subscribe to our podcast. We thank you if you'd leave us a little note about it. We appreciate it. Rusty Leonard with me next week, the economic forecast for the remainder of 2021. Ted Miner, Michael Powell, we'll talk about financial planning in this volatile world and using Social Security to meet your objectives. That's Wednesdays and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on KWAM, the mighty 990. If you have questions, send in to talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. Thanks for listening. We so much appreciate it. We're here every week helping you Make the most of your money.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Frank Lacarica are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.